it's very important, especially now that you dare being yourself, thinking, acting. We often have to play so many different roles in our professional and private lives. We have so much to offer in politics, in, in sports, in, and there is still a lot to be done. Welcome to the Women in Diplomacy podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Sumnick, and our interview today is with Anne Rosner. She's a staff interpreter at NATO, but she's also involved in some very exciting sports diplomacy and female empowerment initiatives. She also recently qualified to run in the Boston Marathon. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very, very happy to be here today. Oh, we are so fortunate to have you. Tell us about your career path. What has your journey been like? My journey has been a very winding road. Um, I think I was a bit of a maverick um, after I graduated from high school. I took a gap year, and that was 37 years ago. And I come from a small town in France, so it was very unusual to do something like that. Because I was a math major, but I loved languages. Because I thought if I master languages, I'm going to discover the world in a different way. So I, I did that. I just went to England and Germany uh, before I started um, my university studies. And it was a great experience. Um, then after that, I studied languages. And, and then I moved to the United States because I got married. I always wanted to be an interpreter, but it wasn't my set destination. I just, just throughout my career, I have followed my bliss. It's a word that, um, a quote I use because um, when we lived in the United States, we listened to uh, interviews with um, um, Campbell, an anthropologist, and um, Bill Moyers was the interviewer. I will have to check that. But anyway, he always said, follow your bliss. And we like this, my husband and I like this idea of following your passions and, and not making set choices. So anyway, so I, I worked in the United States before I went back to school to Georgetown University to study interpretation. I taught uh, French as a foreign language in a Montessori school. I uh, ran a, a cultural center, um, uh, Alliance Francaise in Toledo, Ohio. So I met lots of people and then at one point it was it was time to go back to school. I was 28 and the opportunities were there. My husband had found a job in Washington and, and that's it. I studied interpretation. So once again, my message is in life, in your careers, take risks. Um, always take risks. That's my, my big thing. And 
and follow your passions. And it happened for me. Then I studied interpretation at Georgetown, and it was great because here I was uh, in you know the capital of you know the United States. The political life was very vibrant, and and as an interpreter, that's fabulous because we interpreters have to be open to the world, and we have to follow politics and and culture, and we have to be we have to be in touch with the world and we have to be we have to know our languages but what's most important i think as an interpreter is to be to be open to yes as i said to the world and to what's happening because even if we are in a political meeting people are going to talk about sports or their cultural references and so we have to have a lot of empathy and, and understand the people we are interpreting. So it goes beyond the mere knowledge of languages. So as so then I become an interpreter and we moved to Europe and I became a freelance interpreter for 14 years before I applied um, for this job at NATO. And I think that my life as a freelance has been also very good uh, for my job here, and it, it as I explained with my 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 studies at Georgetown, I think I came to NATO because that was, and I got the job at NATO because it made sense uh, in in my career. So once again, to all the young girls and women who make choices for their studies or their career, just just do what feels right at the right time in in your life also another big element in my career is the balance um, between my personal life and my professional life I'm a mother of three and 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 I never either made choices differently because I had children I think I embarked them with with all my projects and I and my daughter recently said that she's glad we moved around or we changed um, uh, our path at times and um, that's also something that I want to um, a message I want to convey um, so once again take risks be curious uh, in yeah in foreign policy you have to be you have to be curious be enthusiastic because it's a form of faith for me to be enthusiastic to just uh, to just see opportunities and just dive into them and and then you'll you manage whatever happens you can fail that's okay and uh, and but try, try different things. Don't be afraid of going back to school or or, or learning a new skill or, or doing something apart from your job that is also going to be good for your job. And that's going to bring me to, to, to sports and why I run and when I started running seriously. I started running seriously when my daughter went to university because I have three children and somehow there was a shift in the family dynamics and I thought I have to do something for myself now, some, you know, something, something else. And I started running and 
it so happens that I'm I'm a pretty good runner, and um, and I started running semi-marathons and. And then all of a sudden I thought, why not a marathon? This would be fantastic. So I ran my first marathon when I turned 50. And this was my gift to myself. And it was the best gift I think I gave to myself. Because running a marathon is is something that is very difficult to explain. It's um, it's a victory over yourself. It's it's uh, gives you a sense of, of oh, I I did something that I never thought I would be capable of doing, and that's wonderful. That's 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 um, that's something that is difficult to explain. And because of that, I started getting involved also at NATO in the sports um, world, as it were, the sports community. And I joined the club here. I became the vice president. I I met lots of interesting people. And then that led to something else. I joined the Women's Professional Network. And I met Marriott Sherman, the special representative for, uh, of the Secretary General for Women, Peace and Security. And all of a sudden, one day I was running and I thought, 1325. 1325, as you know, is the uh, United Nations Security Council resolution on women, peace, and security. And Ambassador Sherman is um, responsible for, for that. And I thought, oh, let's organize a run, a 13.25K run to raise awareness uh, about this resolution. And we did it. We did it. Last year we organized a run and and it was fantastic because it was called in the spirit of the he for she campaign at the United Nations, he run no she sorry, she runs, he runs, we run. And it it was great because participants were men and women not just women, and civilians, military, delegations. So it was a very, very good experience. So that is another element of this interview. I'm talking too much on my own. But also don't think that the best is not yet to happen. Like, I'm 55, and it feels like Another dream is starting because of running. I'm interpreting and my job is fantastic because interpreting is long distance learning, as it were. You know, you have to learn every day. You cannot, you know, you have to be very humble because, you, you, yeah, you have, for example, NATO is changing. The acronyms are changing every day. You just have to learn. And it's a bit like it's a bit like long long distance learning, uh, running. It's 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 uh, this constant um, discovery that you can go farther. You can you can discover more about yourself, and and that that's 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 wonderful. And in and the last thing that's great and that should inspire young women is that in the during the preparation of the 1325 run, I got in touch with a very wonderful woman. 
Her name is Catherine Switzer. She's American and she is the first woman who ever officially ran a marathon because in 1967 it was not allowed. Women could not run marathons officially. So she registered using her initials and so the organizers didn't know there was a woman in the Boston Marathon. So she started running and then one of the organizers of the Boston Marathon realized that there was a woman in his race and he was furious so he started running behind her and trying to grab her to get her out of the race and if you look on the internet you will see the the, the picture it's quite uh, amazing he's trying to get her out of the race but her boyfriend and her coach helped her and she finished the Boston Marathon in 1967. She was 20 and it changed her life because the pictures went uh, viral. I mean, it was all over the world that people could see that a woman ran the Boston Marathon. And since then, she's been um, a symbol and when I got in touch with her, I thought, this is, this is, this is fantastic. You know, she, she's, she's um, such an inspiration for me. And she says, as, as a matter of fact, to come back to what I said about running a marathon, when I talk about running, it's because it's a passion, but for young women, young girls, it can be something else. It can be music. It can be... You think that there are things that you cannot do, but that's not true. Just, just, just be strong, be fearless, be like Catherine Switzer. Just, just don't think it's impossible, and and you will, you will make a difference in your community, in your family, in your in your country. I hope, or your, and that's that's what I have to say. <laughs> That running is, yeah, it's, that's Catherine Switzer. She says it's only the metaphor for overcoming the impossible. And, um, and it's the uh, same for me. So once again, I like your project. This, um, and, and I just want to tell, yeah, I have a daughter. I want to tell young women that it's, it's very important, especially now that you dare being yourself thinking acting because women are strong very strong and maybe because we bear children maybe because we often have to play so many different roles in our professional and private lives. We have so much to offer in politics, in, in sports, in, and there is still a lot to be done. And that was beautiful. <laughs> I almost want to give you like a round of applause. I don't know. I don't know. After the elections yesterday, I thought, what can I do to help? 
me, me, small me, to to make sure that yeah, other girls and women. I haven't. I I think like there are so many countries where women cannot even run. You know, put their shoes on and. There is still so much to do, and when we see that what happened yesterday, that I think the United States maybe was not ready for women, women president, and so there is still a lot of work to be done to empower women. Agreed, and I think everything that you're doing and everything that you are is exactly what we need. Can I ask you a little bit about your experience as a mother? working internationally and raising three children. Any lessons you, you want to pass on? Well, it, it was difficult because when my children were younger, I was a freelance interpreter and I could not refuse assignments abroad. So, because this was our bread and butter and my husband was working on this PhD. He started studying also at one point, even much later than I. When and so it was very complicated. I heard the other day the um, the new um, Deputy Secretary General Rose Gottermüller, and she was explaining that because she raised two boys, and she says it's good to have a helpful partner and an understanding partner. And she explained that they took turns too in their careers and and that's what we did. But it was complicated because I had to travel a lot and and I remember at one point my daughter really hated it. She was very angry with me because I was leaving again and it was difficult but it was not a problem because I had a very very good network I think as a mother what's important is to surround yourself with fantastic people and I I did that I had um, I had nannies they were like Mary Poppins they were fantastic and I could count on them and I could trust them and um, I was very fortunate and I think it was good for my children my children are very the fact that I was a working mother, that I traveled a lot, that I also got involved in my community. You know, I was always involved in the school as well as a parent representative. I think they they can, they are young adults now and they sometimes say really nice things about it. So I'm proud that I did it because they were they were proud and they can see how important it is to be to be involved, to be engaged in in the world around you, even as a mother. And um, and I'm glad because they're very independent, uh, self-sufficient, very well-traveled themselves, and. Um, I'm very, very proud. I always tell them, you know, if you want my children, I would invite you for dinner because I find you very interesting. So, <laughs> and uh, I think I contributed to that in a small way. <laughs> from what I've heard and from what I've experienced in, in my time at NATO, you are one of the kindest people 
that anyone could have the fortune of encountering in the halls of NATO. Oh, that's really... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Nice. It's true, and And I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit more about what you mentioned, the, the idea that working in international relations is almost a form of faith. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because I said, I heard that on the radio the other day, because, by the way, I love radio <laughs> much more than television. Maybe it's because I'm an interpreter. I'm very sensitive to voices. And um, and I heard on the radio the other day this, uh, um, I think he was a psychiatrist, and he was talking about enthusiasm as a form of faith. And that's more what I meant. It's mm -hmm. about... Um, being enthusiastic. And I suppose, well, I'm not a diplomat, I'm just a, a conference interpreter, but I observe the diplomats. I think that in foreign policy, in foreign relations, in diplomacy, you have to remain enthusiastic and you have to remain committed to finding diplomatic solutions to the world's problem problems. So I think that's what I meant. And I think that if young women go into that profession, I think they, 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 they need to keep that, to keep this, um, this, this enthusiasm, which I associate to the form of faith, um, to go on in their career. But I'm not a diplomat, I'm an interpreter, and interpreters, are, if we want to come back to this idea of gender, a lot of interpreters are women. I mean, we are uh, we we it's changing. There are male interpreters, but traditionally, maybe not in the beginning, but traditionally, uh, we are we are yeah. There are many women in the profession, and actually, that brings me back to the question you asked me about being a mother. It's not a bad uh, profession to be able to balance. Um, your professional and your private life, because as a freelance, for example, there were some downtimes, some some days when I didn't work, and that gave me also a lot of uh, quality time with my children. Now that I'm a staff interpreter, it's different because I work every day or almost every day, so it's different. But they are older, so I was very fortunate. Now that I'm talking <laughs> about my career, I did really well managing that for some. How do you keep up your own spirit of enthusiasm? And what would you say to young women who are feeling discouraged in their career? Then then get a piece of paper and 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 list your your passions and maybe maybe you'll change completely. And as I said earlier, don't be afraid of change. Or maybe you you thought you were the perfect doctor, but you're not happy, you know, practicing medicine. Maybe you are going to be better at something else and make a bigger difference doing something else. I've heard of stories like that, of people changing career paths completely. Why not? 
And uh, that's what I would say to young women. I also would say what I said earlier is do not, did I say that before, but do not think of a particular destination when you, when you study or when you embark into a professional adventure, accept a job. I mean, if you accept a job, I think you, you must be happy with your choice. And then, of, of course, you can make a mistake, you know, you, it's, 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 that's fine. But I think, yeah, don't think of the destination too much when you, when you make your professional choices. Actually, that's, for me, that's, uh, that's something that's, um, that, that I apply in my life in general. I just, just take risks. Don't, don't think too much of the consequences because, because otherwise you're not going to dare do things that you are probably capable of doing. <laughs> I really think so. I think, I think, I think we tend to make too many calculations in our life. And I'm very proud because I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I did not. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting for me to, <laughs> to talk about that because I really, I had to think about that before I came to the studio and I have taken lots of risks in my life. I mean, I was very young when I made some of the decisions I made and and it was, it was good. <laughs> now that I look back, it was good. I mean, I'm still in touch with all these people in the United States. Uh, when I taught in that Montessori school, or it's a it's an it's a network of of wonderful people that I will keep for the rest of my life, and that's that is really precious. <laughs> it's really precious. So yeah, be enthusiastic, curiosity, just ask people questions. Be interested in other people, because people have so many stories to tell. That's another thing. Tell stories. <laughs> Storytelling is very important. And the other day I read a very interesting article about how people who tell stories to their small children are better communicators. Because when you have to answer small children's questions, you have to be very clear. Mm -hmm. And if you are not clear enough, they will ask another question. So that's a pretty good... <laughs> <laughs> that's a great parenting tip, yeah. <laughs> no, just... Yeah. I just... Um, just want young girls and young women all over the world to think good things about themselves and to, to be fearless. Um, and to to find the ways to become fearless, and that's why I want to be in, involved in that project because it's easier th said than done. My dream that all young girls and women have these opportunities is is, is still a dream in many countries and many places in the world. 
and there is so much to be done to help to help them be confident that they can play a role in their communities and um and you see at age 55 that's my new <laughs> my new fight <laughs> i want to do that i want to help as many girls and women to do that but i have two boys and it's important to raise them in the same spirit so that they too can help um, young women to be fearless <laughs> so i do that too i make them uh, iron and and uh, <laughs> and cook and <laughs> So that's very important too. I think if mothers raise their boys in that spirit, things will change as well. Yeah, I forgot that aspect. That's why the He For She campaign uh, at the United Nations was a good initiative, I think, because without men, women are not going to go anywhere and we need men's support and in this organization this is all the more important because you've probably heard the figures you know there this is a a male organization still you know majority so so men have to help us <laughs> have to help uh, in this fight so become so women become fearless. <laughs> yeah, since yesterday I, I decided I am going to be even more involved to, to help the, the world yeah, evolve in the right direction for my children, for young people. <laughs> I don't know how, but I am going to do it. Yes. And this is so inspiring to hear because I think I myself have really struggled with the decision of yesterday. Mm. And I think I'm grateful for you in stepping forward in that way because we do need role models to help lead the way. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I never thought of myself as a role model, but when Alejandra says things to me, I am very profoundly touched by what she says and it means a lot to me and then I realize yes I can make a difference by being who I am and it's that's the privilege of aging I don't like my wrinkles but I like my past and what it can do to help others not be afraid just think that you can yeah you can have a great life out there you can you can travel you can meet so many people you can yeah you can get in politics you can sports culture you can oh i hear so many beautiful stories about people and so you will do it too yeah your project is fantastic <laughs> because it's telling stories mm -hmm. and that's that's what the world is all about <laughs>